and welcome back to the Plant Powered Podcast. Today I've got my first interview back in a while, which is Steph Feltman, and I found her TikTok account and I was like, oh my God, she'll just be perfect because I felt like we resonated with a lot of the same stuff and she kind of was doing TikToks on the same kind of thoughts that I have about like the world and escaping the rat race and what our life as a human should actually be like. So welcome to the podcast. And did you want to just introduce yourself as well? Thank you. Yeah. So my name's Steph, or if you come from TikTok, I go by High Vibe Honey. And yeah, so I'm a qualified holistic social worker. And I, so I don't do that full time at the moment. Got a few things going on. Um, so a little bit of coaching, um, a little bit of manifestation, work with people. Um, I do some content creation, especially through TikTok a little side bit like I just do so many random things um, a little side business doing like a little catering business and also doing some trading on the foreign exchange market so I'm a mixed bag <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah I think it's always good to have heaps of variety well I find like I have heaps of interest too and I want to pursue everything but it means that your weeks like even your days even look different day to day so it just makes life so much more interesting and you never really get sick of anything so absolutely yeah and that's what I always found like I'd sort of boxed myself um, into the one job and I was always getting very frustrated I was like I've got all these interests and passions but I'm only able to do the one thing you know working the nine-to-five job so since I stepped away from that and I've had the opportunity and the time um, to pursue all these other things it's just like every door that I've ever wanted to open is opening. (laughs) Yeah. So did you work as a holistic social worker? Was that your job or is that like what you do as your business now? Yeah. So that's what I do now. So I graduated uh, in 2015 um, with a bachelor of social work. And that was just, there was nothing else with that, just a straight bachelor of social work. Um, And then I worked uh, somewhere for six years. The position I was in was more focused on crisis work and working with like quite high levels of trauma. So it was a lot of like go, go, go every day, trying to basically put out little fires with the clients that I was working with. When I stepped away from that uh, last year in November, um, that's sort of really when I was able to dive into the more holistic side to sort of slow, slow things down a little bit um, and really oops, um, <laughs> and really, really work, I guess, the way that I wanted to always work but hadn't had the opportunity to because of like the trauma field that I was in because clients was just constantly either in like fight or flight mode. You couldn't do, I guess, that... I guess the deeper sort of work with them, like I said, it was sort of more just like putting out little fires and, um, you know, trying to find someone a place for the night or, you know, um, working with domestic violence clients, that kind of stuff. So it was always, yeah, putting out little fires, whereas now I'm able to sort of go into deeper stuff with people, um, Mm. you know, the more emotional, spiritual, inner child, shadow work kind of stuff. So that's where the, the holistic side comes from. So it's not just focused on, you know, mental health or environmental, it's, all aspects of a person's life so a very holistic model of working with people Mm. okay cool and did you want to tell them what you just made for your ebook as well yeah so i um bringing out an ebook today actually so by the time this podcast goes live it'll be on on my profile so it's about manifestation and the law of attraction which is something that i've just been absolutely fascinated by forever i guess i was very lucky because i was brought up my parents are both a very spiritual people into spirituality law of attraction you know the way that I grew up I I didn't appreciate it at the time because I just wanted to be like every other normal kid you know when I'd go to school and people would say oh what'd you get up onto the weekend you know we went to watch the footy or we had a family barbecue my response was oh my parents used Ouija boards with their friends and tried to call upon the dead (laughs) so I had a very unusual upbringing and that sort of led, (laughs) led me to like hide that part of myself because I'd get a lot of judgment for it and all oh, that girl's weird like she believes in you know ghosts and all this strange stuff that we don't understand mm. um, so I hid that part of myself for a long time and it's only really been the last few years that I've been rediscovering that part of myself um, which is what led to the creation of the ebooks it's something that I've always always believed in always known about and I wanted to yeah really put that out to the world like I'm sort of in a space where like I'm ready to to show that side of myself again mm. yeah that's so awesome yeah thank you the first question I was going to ask was what you thought your 30s would look like versus what it's actually like in relation to cre- 
creating your own timeline and destiny. That was basically <laughs> <her> videos. <laughs> yes. And that that's a big thing that I um, always talk about on my TikTok because I think it's really interesting um, when you have this perception of, yeah, what you think your life's going to be like, particularly at the age of 30. So I'm 31 now. Um, and I feel like when you are thinking about, you know, when you're 30 years old, you're going to have all your shit sorted, basically. You're going to have the house. You're going to have the partner. You're going to be married and have, you know, new car, um, you know, maybe looking at buying your second house. Like there's just all this expectation. And I guess, you know, the pressure that, that you put on yourself and that society, you know, puts on you as well um, to have, yeah, your shit sorted out. And we don't. <laughs> like, you know, the older I get, the more I realise that no one actually knows what they're doing we're all just fumbling along trying to get through and trying to you know to make make things work um yeah so I guess yeah for me I always thought yeah like I said I'd have the the house and the and the partner and I yes I do have a lot of those things but I'm not as content with them as I thought I would be like they don't make me whole I'm not like yep I'm done you know I've done this this and this like a you know tick the box now I'm happy and now I can just you know relax I feel like this age you know and I guess developmentally you know they say that we don't actually our brain doesn't finish developing until we're you know in our 30s um so you spend all of your 20s sort of you know running a mark and exploring and you know <laughs> trying to figure things out and then you hit 30 and you're like oh okay um what's going on now like you, you sort of have a bigger picture of life I think mm. um yeah so for me it's really been about exploring that and actually figuring out who I am and who I want to be. It's a big theme of um, my content is that, you know, you always have the capacity and the opportunities to, if you're not happy with, you know, who you are within yourself to change that at any time, you know, you, mm. you aren't, it's not about finding yourself and, and discovering who you are. It's about creating who you want to be. If you have this picture in your head of this is the person that I want to be, you are fully mm. capable of achieving that, you know. Mm, yeah I totally believe that as well but I feel like I'm crushing myself with the pressure of like the age expectations but I think I put the pressure on myself because when I was like young I was like yeah by 25 I want such and such and then yeah probably having kids at 28 or 30 but I want a house and like a really successful business so I can have like complete freedom and no stress about any bills or anything and I'm 25 now and I'm like I've done heaps of stuff but I feel so stressed I'm like oh my god one and a half years till I'm 27 and it's like then I think I need to have the house by then so how am I going to save for the whole house deposit and I'm like oh I went through this thing a while ago where this girl she said to me <laughs> she said I said this in my last video as well she was like if you've been working since you were 16 then why aren't you where you want to be yet and it was like I was quite offended because <laughs> if I'm already stressing about it I don't need other people telling me you're not doing good enough but I said to her I think because I haven't done one thing for long enough because I've done I started four businesses by age 24 and I've had like uh -huh. a food truck I've done a social media business I've done the nutrition stuff I've done um, plant-based meal prep and food delivery I've worked in health stores degree in hotel management now I'm working at a gym like I've done so many things and even within my own business I've like done ebooks online programs um, I'm doing a recipe club so it's like I just like to try everything. Well, I feel like you need to do one thing for at least a couple of years to get really good at it and really define and perfect, perfect that product kind of thing. But I'm like, oh my God, I'm so behind. But really, mm -hmm. if I look at it, I've done heaps and it's just about exploring different things you like or exploring different things that work kind of thing. And most people don't even explore. So I need to think of how far I've come, but I always feel like stressed out about my age. <laughs> and I think also, cause I've got like a younger sister, she's five years younger and she works full time. She would have like way more money cause she's been working full time and I've been trying to work on a business. So I'm like, Oh my God, she's so successful and she's going to get married and have kids. And I'm just the older sister who's like going out to to festivals yeah <laughs> totally get that yeah like goes out to gigs and like I don't know so I think there's a lot of pressure but it's not so much society like I think a lot of us probably do put it on ourselves kind of thing but for me it's the expectation I put on myself from like when I was a teenager of how I thought the timeline would go mm. but I think now like happiness is just 
doing what you want in life and I think just discovering your passion because most people don't even explore what they're even good at kind of thing because they think you just get a job and then get a house and that's mm. it mm. So you think, like making it work for you but living a life that's exciting I think like Monday is my favorite day or work from home day doing my business stuff is like my favorite thing I can do so like a life that you look forward to basically yeah absolutely and I think so many people we I mean we do we get caught in our comfort zone you know we get our job and we get our house and we think okay like I'm really comfortable this is safe like I know what to expect every day whereas I think the people that are you know they want to explore their passions and they want to try new things and they've got I guess more of that entrepreneurial mindset it is a lot more challenging because you constantly have to push yourself outside of your comfort zone and I always think you know yes it'd be so easy for me to just walk back into a nine to five job and you know I get my paycheck every week I know what's happening you know I know what my days look like um, but then I think I, I don't want to do that for the next 50 years of my life like I can't do that so I, I'm going to need to get uncomfortable and I guess do things that aren't the norm and it's scary like it's really scary I guess mm. or, you know going off that cliff by yourself basically um, I'm lucky I've got a really supportive partner that's got the same sort of mindset but you know if you're doing that yeah on your own you're the only one that's backing you kind of thing and you've got to have such belief and faith in yourself that okay I'm going to put in the work yes I'm doing what is you know not I guess considered like normal but I've got faith in myself that I can make it work and those are the sorts of people that will make it work and will you know escape the matrix kind of thing you know Mm. Yeah. The next question I'll care, like I'll just say it now because we're already talking about it, but it was um, society's expectations of working a nine to five and escaping the rat race. But I was going to say like sometimes, like especially when you build a business, sometimes you'll have heaps of money coming at once and heaps of clients and everything's great. And then you'll have nothing for months. So it's like very unpredictable and it's kind of hard. Like with my mom, she always supports me and my dreams and stuff, but because your family only care about your well-being, and if I'm in another country and can barely like barely afford anything because I'm trying to make this work like I've been told so many times by so many people like why don't you just get a job kind of thing and then I just think like I've always done casual work on the side like I worked at the health store which is still my passion and I look forward to it every day but I still had time to do my actual passions as well but then heaps of people say that like oh you just need to get a job because they don't see like your higher vision or anything Mm. or they just think it's like kind of weird what you're doing (laughs) yeah absolutely and I think you know especially family they worry for you they worry that you're not going to make it and you're going to be on the street and you know how will you look after yourself if you don't have a stable income Um, and you know that's a genuine concern for a lot of people and I I guess my approach personally has been to like diversify my income and have multiple streams of income Um, that's why I'm doing so many different things because you can't and this is I think what the pandemic you know taught us is that you can't rely on one income anymore Mm. you know as much as it uh, sucks in a way because it means you've got to work harder and you know explore more things it's it's not safe I guess to just rely on the one income because you never know when you're going to lose that job so you need other things going on yeah that's so funny I saw some stuff online saying like they think starting a business is risky but having a job is also risky Mm -hmm. (laughs) it can happen at any time absolutely yeah absolutely diversifying is the key (laughs) yeah yeah and I think online as well particularly you know at, at this point in history online is just the way to go you know with especially with this whole like metaverse thing that's coming out like just it's going to be more and more online so I think if you can get into that space um yeah that's a pretty secure way at least for the next couple years (laughs) yeah I think it is as well the next one I was going to ask about is signs of healing because in your video you talked about um, like responding over reacting enjoying being alone um, being okay if people don't understand you and different things like that yeah that's yeah a a big thing that I try and explore with people is that you know I think when we talk about you know healing and working through our trauma it's they think in a way that okay they're just gonna do a bit of work and then wake up one day and the trauma is going to be gone it's not going to be of a concern to them anymore Um, but we have to actively work on it and you know the the trauma or the experience that's always going to be there but yeah it's it's the way that you're responding instead of reacting to it it's being willing to you know look at those parts of yourself that maybe you've hidden 
or, you know, you, you have some shame around that kind of thing. Um, a lot of the work that I do is like the inner child work and like sort of gentle reparenting of the self um, and also shadow, shadow work, which is, yeah, looking at those really icky, dark sort of parts that you're trying to suppress, but that in order to grow and move past, you actually need to look at them and work through them. Mm. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. The next thing was, I think one of your videos was on like spiritual awakenings and leveling up. And I think it was like how to know if you're going through a spiritual awakening kind of thing. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So this this is where I go on a tangent. Um, So I basically, like I said, I grew up with very spiritual parents. I've always sort of known, I guess, about... um, you know, manifestation, law of attraction, angel numbers, uh, like tarot cards, all that sort of stuff. That's basically, that was my childhood. But it wasn't really until 2020 that I, you know, when the pandemic was happening and there just felt like this massive energetic shift in the world. And I sort of had these moments where I'd started going down rabbit holes, like conspiracy theories, that sort of thing. And a lot of them, you know, they just sound absolutely whacked. <laughs> but it sort of just got me thinking. Um, and some of them I was like, oh, okay, actually, I, I, I'm quite intrigued by that, you know, rabbit hole. Let's go down that a little bit further. Anyway, the more and more that I started going down these rabbit holes and looking into these conspiracies, I started, I guess, yeah, just thinking about the way that I was interacting in the world and what, you know, was there a bigger purpose for me because I'd always sort of felt a little bit lost, uh, you know, for quite some time. Um, So I started sort of doing some self-development work and and getting more into meditations and um, tarot cards and all that sort of thing for myself. And it's just like, yeah, like my mind just suddenly like opened, (laughs) like massively just opened and all of a sudden I just was like, yep, this is 100% what I need to do. So from that point, you know, as I started the the meditations and the journaling and the affirmations and all that kind of stuff that I love, um, that's, I think, I guess, when like my spiritual awakening really happened, like I sort of really, yeah, it's, it's a funny, funny thing to try and explain to people. But the way it started was by seeing what I, what you call synchronicity so seeing you know like repeating numbers over and over or you might hear you know a song on the radio that relates to something that you were just thinking about or you know you sort of get this feeling that a friend is going to message you and then they do or they call you or whatever um so just these little signs that just started making me feel a little bit more connected to what was around me yeah so then I started doing uh then I started doing chakra meditations I don't know if you have ever tried a chakra meditation before I'm still new to meditation I did this thing oh this thing's like all broken with the things falling out but I went to like a yoni sculpting class oh that's awesome (laughs) but all those things have fallen off I've got to glue them back on the side but that was like the yoni that I made out of clay and it was like a group of ladies who all did it together and we all just talked about like men and pregnancy and babies and it was just so cool but that lady did like a womb meditation so you like go into your womb and then some of them had like one of the ladies had had her uterus taken out for medical reasons another lady finally decided she was like ready to have a child like just after the meditation and stuff so I was like oh my god but I'm still new to all that because I find it hard to like sit down and just do it. yes yeah and that that's the issue that I had that's why I'd never really been able to get into it because I started and I think this is how a lot of people start with meditation is you know downloading the Headspace app or the Calm app which is sort of the two biggest meditation apps around um, and that's something called they do something called mindfulness meditation where basically you know you sit in a quiet place you try and um, you know clear your mind of all thoughts you know if a thought comes in you know that's okay you pop it on a little cloud it floats away <laughs> I could never, I just could not get my mind to keep still. Like that sort of meditation did not work for me. Then I sort of started exploring, okay, well, what other types of meditation are there? Because I I want the benefits of meditation. I know that it's, you know, one of the best things you can really do for, uh, you know, there's just so many multiple um, emotional, mental, physical benefits to meditating. Um, And so then I came across chakra meditations which is sort of um the energy centers in the body and i guess the belief is that when one of those centers is out of alignment then you'll start seeing issues within your body and that can manifest as you know like physical 
ailments or um, you know mental health problems that kind of thing you know it's a bit some people think it's a little bit woo woo but <laughs> like if, if you are into the spiritual side of things and yeah I think it's absolutely fantastic um, so I started doing these chakra meditations and sort of working through the energy centers in my body and trying to figure out where I had um, blockages or where there was you know stagnant energy that kind of thing um, and they sort of go through so you've got seven uh, chakras in your body it starts from the root chakra at the base of your spine all the way up through your body to the crown chakra on the top of your head when I got to and there's also a third eye chakra when I got to my third eye chakra and the, you know the meditation the visualization sort of gets you uh, uh, gets you to yeah you just sort of go along with the the visualization that they're giving you when I got to my third eye chakra it's like I had this like searing hot pain in the middle of my forehead and in my visualization, it was just like this burst of like this purple color, which is fascinating because each chakra is associated with a particular color and the third eye is like a deep indigo sort of purple color. So from that point, <laughs> when I'd sort of like opened up my third eye, yeah, the spiritual hole was opened basically. And I've been going down that ever since, just like doing more and more manifesting work Um yeah. <laughs> oh, the girl I live with said, like, because I um, broke my toe two days ago, she came in and said that she was reading this book that shows, like, if you have physical issues with your body, like what it relates to in your life. And she said that feet means to slow down. And I was like, that's my first week of being busy with my new job. And like, yeah. <laughs> like I've barely gotten started yet. So it was kind of funny. But I definitely believe in that stuff because I've like I do nutrition consults and I've got a bioenergetic scanner because I'm terrified of needles and blood tests. So I get them for myself every year because I eat plant-based as well. But when I did it with this lady, because she was based in sunny coast, so we'd do it through a video call and I'd do the scan. And she's like, so I know that you've just gone through a breakup, blah, blah, blah. And she knew everything about me, even though we'd never talked before, mm -hmm. just from like my organ health and the nutrients in my body. That's so fascinating. <laughs> if it's your liver, this is related to such and such, but even your thyroid, like I don't have thyroid problems, but it said, if I don't deal with it now, it'll manifest in the future, but your thyroid and the flow in your throat is related to how you stand up for yourself and stuff. So me yes. and if I like didn't do it so I was yeah. like god it's so crazy how everything's connected so I yeah. believe that <laughs> absolutely and it, yeah it's really interesting you say that because I also um for like years and years I'd always um whenever I was getting sick it, the first thing would be my throat and I'd always have a swollen throat I constantly got tonsillitis you know my lymph nodes were always massive and yeah like like you were saying, um, it's it's related to something emotional that you're not dealing with, and that's a lot of what the the chakra meditations also help with is dealing with the the energetic blocks in particular areas of the body. Um, so the throat is a really powerful one. Yeah, it's about not like not speaking your truth, not expressing yourself, not telling, you know, not enforcing boundaries with people, that kind of thing. And so when we're not doing that and not speaking our truth you know basically the energy gets stuck in our throat and can manifest yeah as thyroid issues or throat issues or you know whatever um yeah really fascinating to go down that path mm. yeah the next question was what to do if you feel triggered <laughs> yeah so this is this is a big one um and I guess it you know it depends what what the trigger is for you there's so many uh, like tools and techniques and that kind of thing that you can use but the biggest one that I always come back to with clients that I work with um, you know because when you're in the moment and you're feeling triggered you know you don't want to go and do a meditation you don't want to write out your thoughts and feelings not in that moment so the biggest thing that I always say is to focus on the breath because the breath will regulate your whole nervous system because what we're doing normally when we're triggered, you know, we've activated that parasympathetic nervous system. We're in the fight or flight mode. Um, and often we're breathing from our chest, not from our belly. So when we start breathing from our belly, it actually tells our body that, okay, we're actually in a calm state. We're in the rest and digest, you know, state. We're safe. You know, that, that trigger, yep, it's triggered us. It's caused an emotional reaction, but we don't need to respond in the way that we used to respond. Um, so if you can just remember to, okay, focus on the breath, breathe through the, the, the belly up into the chest and sort of like a bit of a loop. Mm -hmm. So just keep going around and around. You'll find that that's probably the best 
in in the moment the best way to sort of reduce the anxiety and, and those feelings that you're feeling once you've done that then you can start working on you know doing a bit of I guess journaling around you know around the trigger um maybe it depends what like what works for a person like some people really like um like self-soothing type activities so you know maybe getting a bit of hand moisturizer and giving you yourself a bit of a hand massage um, because just that physical touch um, produces the oxytocin in the brain that also tells us that we're safe and you know we're loved and it's okay Um, so that yeah there's so many different techniques but um yeah it's always breath work is the, the, the biggest one for me and not you know not maybe something like um there's something called square breathing which can be really useful um so it's when you sort of are focusing on breathing in for four seconds holding your breath for four seconds breathing out for four seconds holding your breath for four seconds and you just sort of visualize a square and you go around and around and around until your body like regulates and you feel in control again Mm. yeah I was just going to share one of the ones my coach taught me I like a big a five hour breakthrough session last year with like this coach that I got but she said I was so triggered by things because I'll like see something and that was like related to my last relationship and my mind would go wild and then she just taught me like separate the facts from the story that you're telling yourself so if I saw something happen I'll be like oh my god and now all this stuff is going on and they hate me and I'm not good enough and they're doing this together blah blah blah. but like the reality is actually just the simple thing that you saw but none of that stuff is like necessarily true or anything it's just Mm. like you're telling yourself so I think that's like a good um coping mechanism as well and then I always just find like nature helps like when I take my dog out for a walk in the forest I just feel better straight away and even if I don't do it for me I just do it for her but I always feel better afterwards as well so it was just like surrounding yourself and nature helps (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah definitely um and yeah if if you can sort of get outside and and get away from that environment you know if you're stuck in an office or you know even in, in your own house if you can just get outside your perspective does definitely shift um and there's a lot of also sciencey uh info out there on like the the negative ions that are in the earth that is able to sort of ground us particularly if you can be barefoot outside you know on the grass in nature um that actually has a huge soothing effect and regulatory effect on our body um but yeah so getting outside in nature and trying to make that a regular part Mm. of your day yeah focusing on breath work when you're I guess not feeling immediately triggered working around why that happened um so doing some journaling perhaps doing some affirmations you know that you'll be able to use when you are in that situation again coming Mm. up with you know four or five statements you know I am safe, I am in control, Um, you know, what happened to me happened, but it's not happening anymore, all that sort of stuff. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The next one was, can you talk a little bit about what self-sabotage looks like? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I'm an expert on (laughs) self-sabotage. Yes. So I think it's that notion that, well, it's, it's that little voice in your head that tells you that you're not good enough, that, um, you know, even if you have all the evidence to prove that you are good enough and that you have, you know, achieved whatever in your life, it's still that little voice in your head that says, you're not good enough, you can't do this, just give it up. You know, there's, there's people that are so much better at you than this. Um, and it's really hard not to believe that little voice. Um, and at the end of the day, that's our ego talking. Mm. And, you know, I think there's this, um, well, people think, you know, our oh, ego, that, that, that's bad. You know, we shouldn't have an ego. Well, we actually need an ego because our ego, all it's trying to do is keep us safe. It wants us just to, to do what we know because what we know is safe. So it wants to keep us in our comfort zone. So I think if you can switch it around, and sometimes I like to like visualize them as, you know, like not, not the angel and devil on your shoulder, but like that just to give it a, give it a description, give it a face, give it a name, even um, this little person that, you know, lives in your mind. Yes. They're telling you that you're not good enough or that you can't do this, but they're just trying, they're actually just trying to keep you safe. Um, so if you can sort of personify this little voice, it makes it a lot easier to shut it down. So mine's called Susan and she's a freaking mole. <laughs> And when she gets going and when she starts telling me that I can't do, 
you know, this, that and the other, um, I say, all right, shut up, Susan. Like I can actually do this and I've done this before. This is what I've achieved. So I give her evidence to say, actually, no, this is what I've done. I've, you know, I've bought a house, I've bought out an ebook, you know, whatever it is. And you sort of like notice it, it goes quieter. So it's not that loud, you know, voice screaming in your head. But yeah, it is, it, that's where our limiting beliefs come from. And in order to grow and move past them, we do have to, you know, find tools and techniques to quiet that voice down. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, do you think there's like certain activities we do or something that hinders our progress or like hinders us achieving something before we even barely get started kind of thing? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think even, you know, if you take like health and exercise and that kind of thing, you know, it's all about habits as well. So if we've already got ha- bad habits, that can also be a form of self-sabotage, you know, that, and, the, and especially if we're not willing to work through those habits. So if your habit is, you know, every, every few days, whenever you don't, you know, you get home from work and, and you don't feel like cooking dinner um, and you order Uber Eats, even though, you know, you told yourself that, okay, no, I was going to get back on track this week you know if you'd I guess put in some time on on the weekend and and you know meal prepped and, and got everything organized for yourself maybe you wouldn't have sort of self-sabotaged um and and you know gone and got the takeaway and then regretted it and then felt bad about yourself and then had that little voice in your head going see I told you you can't stick to a diet you know you're no good you will never be able to do this so yeah I think self-sabotage and 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 to overcome some of those things yeah creating healthy habits is really powerful mm. Yeah, I think um, self-talk comes into it a lot as well because someone shared something on their story yesterday and it was right when I was having like a mental breakdown. So I was like, oh my God, I needed that right now. But it was about like being the victim and when all this stuff's been happening over the last few weeks, like the car blew up and then it still took me like five weeks to get a job. So I was like trying to make it work here without like losing the house or whatever. And then all these issues with the dog and then my foot broke. And then most of the time I was trying to be positive, like, oh, at least I didn't get stranded anywhere. Or at least I've got time to focus on this now, or at least I'll appreciate just being able to drive to the gym. So it's like a privilege to go instead of something you've got to tick off the list kind of thing. But then it still all did pile up. And I was like, like why does this always happen to me and then you like bring more of it into your life because you're expecting it kind of thing so you're like Mm. aiming for something but even like the subconscious mind would be like oh you never do such and such or never get such and such and then it like makes it happen so it's like for me I'm trying to really work on the subconscious thoughts because I think the conscious thoughts I'm pretty good like oh yeah I'll think of it like this and think it's helping me in another direction or at least it's not it could be worse or something but then my subconscious mind still makes stuff happen if that makes sense but I'm still not aware of it or like then I just wonder I'm like why me I'm sick of this blah blah and then go into like a downward spiral so trying to be more aware is like something I'm trying to do at the moment (laughs) yeah absolutely yeah and it's really hard because we don't often like know when when it's our subconscious mind that's talking to us, you know, and I think that's why affirmations particularly are really powerful. Um, you know, people think that affirmations, oh, yeah, it's just, you know, just about speaking positive words to yourself. Well, yeah, it is, but it's also about rewiring your subconscious yeah. mind um, through repetition. So if you're, you know, repeating these affirmations daily, you're actually essentially like brainwashing yourself is what you're trying to do. And to start with, you know, people don't often believe the affirmations that they're speaking to themselves you know so if you're you know saying trying to work on your confidence um and your affirmation is you know i'm i'm a confident person um you know i have no fear when speaking you know in public that kind of thing you're not going to believe that to start with but the more that you do it the more that you're actually rewiring the neural pathways in your brain um and then when you're doing that, your brain is actually searching for evidence to prove to yourself that this is actually who I am. I am, am a confident person. Um, so it's just, yeah, it's just about repetition with using affirmations and, yeah, tr- trying to, to work through the subconscious mind, like trying to get through to the subconscious mind. Yeah, I definitely had that thing when I was trying to do affirmations once and I just honestly didn't believe it because I was telling myself, I'm like... <laughs> abundant I am a rich woman but I was like struggling to buy groceries like yeah 
broken star and it was actually really hard time so I was like how the hell do you like try to believe it when it's like actually not true so then the girl I went to for coaching she said like reword it so it's like there's an abundance of clients waiting to be in my email inbox or something which is totally a possibility Mm -hmm. or like there's an abundance of clients that I can reach in the world who need my services which is true so it's about instead of like labeling yourself as something you're not it's about like I don't know just wording it in a different way yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah or or one of my go-to things is um, I'm I'm on my way to becoming abundant or I'm on yeah. my way to creating the life of my dreams. Yeah. So I'm not there yet and yeah. I'm not trying to convince myself of something that is not realistic for me at the moment, but I am on my way every day. I'm getting closer and closer to that version of myself that I can see um, and one day will become. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a good point. <laughs> the next question was, um, or just having a chat about escaping the matrix and natural living. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, yeah, so escaping the matrix, that's funny. And it ties into the whole, you know, not wanting to do the nine to five thing anymore, I think, for me personally. Um, like a lot of people love working their nine to five. They love the stability. They love the security. Like I said, they love knowing, you know, what's coming up next for them but I yeah I just couldn't see myself doing that for the next 50 years to then be given you know being able to retire at age 70 probably by that point and then only having like 10 years to actually enjoy doing what I want to do so yeah I guess I've always been a little bit different in my thinking around that sort of thing but I just wanted to you know when I was working my job my full-time social work job like I just yeah, I got to the point where I just did not want that lifestyle anymore. Like I wanted freedom and I wanted flexibility and I wanted to be able to wake up whenever I wanted and, you know, I wanted to be able to, to take time off and go on holidays without having to fill in 50, you know, annual leave applications for, for to be rejected, that kind of thing. Wow. Yeah, so it, it's not um, easy, you know, when we talk about escaping the matrix, I guess it's basically, you know, trying to leave regular society in a way so doing something that's against the norm and really the only way to I think achieve that is through yeah creating wealth and financial freedom and being at like not having to rely on the system so not having to you know um yeah to be able to yeah buy a bit of land and you know a couple of cows and grow your own vegetables and just be more self-sufficient because we have become so dependent on the system and when you're that dependent on something you don't have control anymore, you know, and that was my biggest fear is that not being in control of my own life that mm-hmm. terrifies me, you know, that they could just come and say, oh, well, you know, um, you know, if, you, if you're, you know, perhaps on Centrelink benefits or something like that, so, well, you haven't met these requirements, then, you know, they we're cutting your pay off. You know, it's just so easy for them to control our life and I wanted to be more in control of my life and to do that, um, I realised that okay, I need to basically live my life outside of the of the system and, and and society. And you know, I hope that I get to the point where I am able to you know buy a bit of land and, and you know build my own house and um, you know focus on you know solar panels and and you know aquaponics and all that sort of stuff that you know makes you more self sustainable. I think that's really important. Mm. Yeah, I think I became more aware of that during COVID because it was only recently I think it was only end of last year I experienced the first supermarket shortage and it just made me realize I was like we literally just walk in the store and buy our food and that's our only source of food for like most of us mm-hmm. so the house I moved into now uh, we're starting a garden and stuff so I actually have no idea how to grow food but I did weeding there once and that was like the second time I <laughs> I was like, yeah, I really want to help out with the veggies and stuff. And I feel a lot more secure here. If there's another shortage, like we're going to be fine. Then the only thing I thought of was like, I want to learn how to like grow soybeans or something. I don't know if like it even grows here, but so I can make tofu and soy milk and stuff. Cause if I, if there's a food shortage, if I don't eat meat, then I won't have like protein. Like there's eggs from our Mm. chicken. Like you can't just eat veggies. So it's just about like making sure you've got like a wide variety of stuff still. But yeah. I think that's a good start. But then I started the new job like just this week and then already like I have no time to go outside and 
create that kind of thing or learn something so it's like especially families when the parents are both working full-time they're dropping the kids off at school everyone's so busy they're just trying to get dinner on the table like you don't really have time to even step away to put the effort into a garden or anything no exactly yeah and that I think that that it is a really tricky thing because you do need a lot of money to be able to do that but I think it's also about finding balance you know having that you know, idea that, okay, well, I'm going to work towards being a little bit more self-sufficient while also still having to live within, you know, in, in regular society. Um, yeah. But I guess my, my whole thing with, yeah, like escaping the matrix or the rat race is just that I don't want to, you know, I just don't want to wake up at 5am, go to work, come home, cook dinner, go to bed, be too exhausted to do anything else. Like that's not an idea, like that's not living to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, some people are okay with that because they like the routine and the structure. But for other people, it, like that's, you know, that that's not that's not a life. That's not freedom. That's just getting up and ticking boxes and then being, you know, exhausted at the end of the day and not being able to work on your own own goals and dreams. So I think if you can, you know, if you're in that position and you want to sort of step away from that a little bit, like my advice would be to, if you can, like, and obviously this isn't going to be possible for everyone but if you can you know cut cut your hours back at work you know have a little bit more me time so you can actually work on other projects and you know perhaps start a side hustle or an online business of some sort you know I know it's not that easy it sounds you know well and good but it's a lot of work Um, but if you can you know have one or two days where you're able to just work on something that is going to generate more income it gives you more options I guess in life yeah there was a couple more points I was going to touch on with that with your video about that it was so funny because everyone started hating in the comments and saying like well if people didn't go to work you wouldn't have yes and you wouldn't have clothes to wear and stuff but I agree about the same thing like my business isn't enough to live off full time but I've always had a job which like just covers the basics so I worked at a health store and I could promote my business there I could do consults I learned all about all these natural food products and all these different brands and chatted to the naturopath while I was there and it's like I'm constantly learning in the industry I care about but that job basically just covered rent so I still had the rest of the week to walk the dog go to the gym work on my business um, do YouTube videos, anything I wanted to do. And that was probably not enough hours there. It was only 10 to 15 hours a week, but I was also like in a small town. So it wasn't expensive rent like the city. So the job I got now is 20 to 30 hours a week. So it's like a bit more, um, like I'll be a bit busier because expenses are more here, but it's still not like full time. So at least I can still fit in the things that are important to me and like still make it work with all my different interests kind of thing. So if you... Mm you want to explore those options you don't have to just be like jobless trying to make your job work or make your business work or side hustle work or whatever you want to do but you can just like find more balance in what you're doing and maybe work just part-time or just work four days a week or something so you get like a whole day extra a week to make your dreams a reality yeah that's exactly right and it's yeah it's funny that um yeah because I was getting a lot of um yeah, like I guess hate comments on that video about, you know, escaping the matrix and, you know, do we really want to live this life for the next, you know, 40, 50, 60 years? You know, while there was a lot of comments that were like, yes, like I don't want this lifestyle, like, you know, uh, you know, I'm working on breaking out of it, that kind of thing. Um, a lot of people were like, well, you know, how do you expect to make money? How am I supposed to live? How am I supposed to feed my kids? Um, and obviously I'm not saying you don't work. Like that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying find something that actually lights you up that you don't hate going to every day because that's when life becomes like what you know meaningless if you're just going to a job that you're not enjoying and you and you're so exhausted by the end of the day you know you need to you need to move on you need to find something that's actually going to light you up and and you know make you feel motivated to 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 keep going but it was funny yeah when I sort of responded to a few of those comments from people I think all it was was they weren't happy with their own situation and you know they were seeing other people that were doing what they want to do like they didn't want to live in that you know have that lifestyle either but they just they didn't know well what else can I do you know yeah that's so true Mm. yeah and then just touching on the natural living side I've learned heaps since being at that health store which was awesome but even just like swapping out like I'm not completely chemical free or anything but swapping out just some of your beauty products and stuff like deodorants or your moisturizers and stuff like I still use normal shampoo and conditioner but I think if you just 
swap out some things and even like my laundry powder so now like when I'm laying in my bed I'm not laying in toxins from traditional laundry detergent and yeah stuff. even on your clothes you're like oh at least in your head it feels a little bit better that you're reducing your chemical load and even with your cleaning products and stuff like I've been sent um, like all natural ones and even the ones I've got it like comes in an aluminium spray bottle so it doesn't even produce plastic which is really cool so I think it's really cool to explore all those kind of things just so you feel better within yourself and it also helps with your hormone balancing and stuff so your Mm -hmm. body's not as stressed trying to detox all these things all the time yeah and that's it and you know like in in modern society it's impossible like literally impossible to get away from chemicals and plastics like they're in absolutely everything but I think yeah if you can just you know do a little bit at least yeah yeah, it is reducing the toxic load on your body you know reducing some of those you know even stuff like um like perfume like I used to love perfume I'd you know spray it all over my whole body um and then when I realized that it's actually just literally a bottle of hundreds and hundreds of toxic chemicals that disrupt our hormones and you know endocrine disruptors all that sort of stuff you know yeah I I just couldn't put that on my body knowing that so if you just do a little bit of research into some of these things yeah you sort of do start stepping away and looking at alternatives and you know there's lots of beautiful organic products and stuff out there and a lot of them are very expensive so it's you know not doable for everyone but there's also you know for cleaning products you use vinegar and bicarb soda and lemon and you know we don't need to be putting all these chemicals into our bodies into our homes it's just it's too much like you know that's why we have such high rates not only this but it's a contributing factor to why we have such high rates of you know sickness and and chronic illnesses and you know asthma and fertility issues and all this stuff because there's just so many chemicals and our body is amazing but you know it's going to manifest as something at some point when we've got thousands and thousands of chemicals that we're putting into our body every day and I think I read a statistic where like a woman's just you know morning skincare routine um you know just using I guess regular sort of supermarket supermarket type products like she's putting something like 200 chemicals onto her face by 9am you know it's insane when you think about it that way yeah yeah up this good point the other day too because he or like into that conspiracy stuff he knew this stuff like years ago and I always thought that he was a bit crazy I was like oh what is that? and like didn't believe anything he was saying and then since COVID like all the stuff has come true so I'm like oh he was just extra ahead of the game um but he I remember a phone call we had a while ago I think it was still when I lived in New Zealand or something. And he was like, you know, all the food you buy from the supermarket is still not even healthy. And I actually got like kind of angry at him because I bought veggies and I bought tofu and um, like canned beans and stuff. I was like, I still eat healthy. I was like, there's only so much I can do. And I didn't really understand what he meant, but he sent me money for a water filter for Christmas. So it's like the first time I've had one. And it's like the first time I've actually hasn't haven't minded the taste of water because I always thought it was disgusting so I've got that and then I was talking about the fluoride like how I went to the dentist and they're like we live in a fluoride free world but it's so important for you and we're like trying to give me toothpaste with fluoride and I don't know like it was just weird like because it's just what they learn at their universities or whatever I was like Mm. is that right or is that kind of weird but then I said to him I was thinking about like I even just buy like spinach from the supermarket, but it comes in a plastic bag. So all the stuff is like leaking from the bag into the spinach, even though it's like a health food. So I'm like, ah, oh, I'm only just clicking to all these things recently. But then dad said about the fluoride in the water. I was like, yeah, I um, drank that stuff from the, t- like from the filter now, which is really nice. But he said, even if you're buying your veggies, what water are they using to grow the veggies mm. in the food? I'm like, yeah. Oh. It makes you just really want to produce everything yourself. I know. And because then you think, like, what are you washing the vegetables in? Normally tap water. What do you, you know, how do you boil them? You use tap water. So then that steam actually goes in. So it's, yeah, yeah it's one of those really hard things. And I have struggled with that myself, you know, trying to buy all organic. Um, mm. But, you know, it's just impossible. And unless you have, you know, $500 plus a week to spend on your groceries, you know, you just can't do it. So you yeah. just, yeah, you got to have that balance of, you know, do what you can um you know buy buy organic buy local where you can try and reduce some of the chemicals in you know your cleaning products especially because they're so chemically laden and and you know just do the best you can do yeah I think yeah you don't have to be perfect because I don't buy organic because the price of that food Mm -hmm. is 
too much but I think just swapping out some things like using the filter water for just the water I drink or yeah just swapping out some of the things then at least like you feel a bit better about things but just like reducing it and I think that principle applies for a lot a lot of things so you're not being like a hundred percent perfect because it's just too hard I think <laughs> it is yeah and you'll drive yourself absolutely bonkers you know like I said you know well then you know even if you have a water filter and you're drinking tap water then you've got to be mindful of you know how you're washing your clothes and 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 you know how you're washing your hands and, and you know getting a shower filter because and you know <laughs> our body absorbs that tap water like it's just bloody impossible you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um the next thing I wanted to talk about was signs of mental exhaustion so some of the points you had were like feeling irritated easily you never feel like doing anything constantly dreading the future your thoughts are scattered and difficulty processing emotions Mm, yeah so mental exhaustion and um burnout and I think so many people experience this because we are just trying to take on so much all the time like life is so demanding and we're constantly trying to give 100% of ourselves you know to to others Um, you know if you've got a family or you know whatever but yeah some of I guess the common signs and symptoms of you know burnout compassion fatigue um, mental exhaustion you know uh, immune system um, is a big one because stress can really impact our immune system so if you're someone that's constantly you know, getting sick under the weather, catching colds, that kind of thing, even if your diet is, you know, really good and, you, you know, you're getting all your vitamins and nutrients, stress has a huge, huge impact on the mm. body. So that can be, you know, a telltale sign, um, constant headaches, brain fog, fatigue, you know, even if you're getting your seven, eight hours you know, plus of sleep. Yeah, if, if you're, you know, just mentally exhausted and burnt out, you know, no matter, it doesn't matter how much sleep you're going to get it's never going to feel like enough cravings you know is a big one constantly being irritable you know crabby things you know annoy you that wouldn't generally annoy you you don't want to do anything that you used to like doing you know things that used to bring you joy you just like no can't can't be bothered doing that just don't have the brain capacity to even think about doing that anymore um yeah so there's a lot of signs and symptoms of of mental exhaustion and burnout Um, and it's really important to recognize and get on top of them when you do start to notice them because otherwise it can really spiral quite quickly. Mm. Do you know what kind of things cause mental exhaustion in the first place? Is it like doing the same thing for ages that's like not inspiring to you or just like having too much on your plate kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, it could be so many things. A lot of it is when we're spreading ourselves too thin, you know, we're trying to, you know, keep our partner happy, keep our family happy, you know, maintain our job, maintain our house, you know, particularly women, I feel like um, that the mental load is a lot more, you know, we're responsible for, you know, organising gifts for people's birthdays and, you know, organising the catch-ups and, you know, doing all those little things around the house that, you know, men sometimes doesn't even... (laughs) not even on their radar so just the you know the constant bombardment of stuff that we have to do you know your brain just gets to a point where it's like oh my god like I don't know like what are we doing like there's you know do you know like things to cure mental exhaustion do you think like talking to someone about it or taking like a weekend to yourself to just like stay in bed or something just to like yeah (laughs) yeah definitely like definitely all those things help you know meditation and journaling and, and talking to people and you know, seeing, you know, a professional, if that's what you need to do. Um, I think you have to be mindful, though, that it's not a Band-Aid fix. So they might, you know, taking some, you know, time out or having a bubble bath or whatever it is, is great in the moment and, you know, will relax you. But, you know, once it's Monday again, Monday comes around and you're back in your job and you're, you know, got 50 million things on your mind, it's that you're still probably going to feel burnt out. So you really need to look at addressing the root cause of what's causing the burnout um if it's your job you know like we were saying before like maybe you need to reduce some hours or you know look at look at changing jobs if that's an option for you yeah yeah what do you think it means to heal your inner child oh good question um so it's about inner child work is about gently reparenting ourselves and giving ourselves what we didn't get 
when we were little. So, yeah, um, it's a pretty pretty powerful thing to 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 work through. Um, and a lot of people when they're doing the inner child work, it's quite an emotional thing because it's a lot of repressed emotion, repressed memories, um, things that they haven't really thought much about before but have just sort of happened to them. Um, so when you're sort of doing inner child work, you're really sort of trying to go back and and think about the things that happened to you when you were little that might have, you know, upset you or hurt you or whatever the experience was um, and work through that with like while visualising that little person, like the little you basically. Um, mm. So you sort of visualise little you and then you as you are now nurturing mm. that little person and then sort of giving them what they didn't get when they were little. So whether that's, you know, giving them more physical affection because perhaps that's some, that was something that you didn't get as a child. So, you know, visualising yourself giving little you a hug or, you know, stroking their hair or whatever it is. Um, or even just, you know, words of encouragement saying, oh, you know, you did a really good job on that or, you know, because maybe that's something that your parents, they might have still loved you, but maybe that's something that they never actually verbalised to mm. you. Yeah. I think I've been, like, looking into a couple of things lately with my coach as well because I think even sometimes people's coping mechanisms and stuff, it comes from their parents, but then you carry that into your own life and you just don't even realize kind of thing. Like, yeah, I know someone who had <laughs> very bad, like anger issues, like outbursts of anger, but their parents kind of did the same, but I don't think they put two and two together. And then my coping mechanism, I like I don't think I realized until like or two weeks ago is like when everything's too much or like too stressful I literally just close down and then not that I'm not trying to deal with the problem but it's like oh that's too much and it's like you just go into a little ball and I can't do it kind of thing but then I think like I got told about told about a story of one of my parents who did that um like with something that happened in their life too so I was like oh my god I probably get that from my mom then but you get like certain traits and it's not necessarily bad but it's about like becoming aware or just thinking can you deal with things in a different way or I realized that I think all the pressure I was putting on myself to get all these things done was to it definitely is to impress my family because I'm like oh my god I wanted to be proud of me blah blah, blah. but they probably are but I'm freaking out about it because of like I don't know just stuff from when you were young that you don't even realize you carry into your adult life Mm, absolutely yeah. yeah and like a big part of um and this is probably the part that people always struggle with the most but the, the big part um of doing inner child work is actually forgiving parents um and with some sort of trauma with their parents and then they shouldn't have done what they did you know and they get quite up in arms about it but I always say it's not about forgiving them for what they did because, you know, if they did something that hurt you, that's never okay. That was not okay. You, you know, you were a child. Um, it's about forgiving them because they didn't know how to respond any different at the time. They were likely doing, you know, probably what they'd been taught as a child, you know, from their parents. They were just, yeah, like you were saying, just repeating what they've learned. A lot of the time it's just sort of subconscious um, we're not aware of how we're actually responding to things. Um, so forgiving them for not knowing how to respond any differently. And when you can sort of work through that and work on, okay, accepting that, you know, your parents are people that have their own stuff, that, you know, they've got their own trauma, their own issues that they haven't worked with. And particularly I think for our age group, when we think about our parents, it wasn't a thing for them to, you know, talk about their feelings or emotions or do inner child work like that did not happen so they you know if they had a hard upbringing that's you know some of them you know will be able to reflect on that and and, and make changes and do things differently but a lot of the time they'll just be repeating those same patterns and cycles um, and then that gets put onto us but I think in you know the generation that we're in it's a lot more acceptable to you know to, to be talking about this sort of stuff and be more open with you know the things that might have happened to us you know that there's so many um, people and professionals and you know apps out there that can help mm. I think we're like also in a generation where it's ex acceptable and like probably helpful for us to 
help our parents with stuff with your mental processes and different things like that because back in the day that yeah as you said it's like not a thing it's only just like well maybe it's just my age but it's just coming out in the last few years so we can go back to our parents with stuff that we've learned and stuff that's helped us to help them in their lives and I think I saw on your account as well you said something like your parents are still individual people yeah who have got their own stuff so just realizing like they're just like us but a few years older or like they could have like even my mom had me when she was 20 so at my age now I would have a (laughs) five-year-old and I'm like oh my god so just like kind of just thinking about that and just knowing that they're just trying to do their best kind of thing yeah that's right yeah they've just tried to yeah they've just tried to do their best and sometimes you know I'm sort of like with my own mum I've sort of brought things up and and she'll get quite defensive and say oh no I was a great parent though like you know I never hit you I never smacked you and I'm like no like that no you didn't like that was great but there was things that I still I guess wanted from you that you weren't able to provide because of your own you know emotional capacity and and you know she tended to withdraw as well a lot when she was I guess feeling heavy emotions that kind of thing so that's what I learned so I didn't um you know, when I was feeling heavy emotions, I wouldn't go to her. She wouldn't, you know, be the person that I'd just open up to. So I've really had to learn for myself mm. and on my own how to do that. Um, mm. But, it, yeah, it can be hard bringing them up, bringing that sort of stuff up with parents who sort of refuse to see that or acknowledge that. Yeah, I always believe in positive encouragement. So instead of, well, that's what I found in my last relationship, I didn't get that. Instead of being like, oh, why don't you try this? Or I really like it when you do this. It's more like you did all this stuff wrong and then that's why I would shut down and like lose all my self-worth and stuff. So if you mm. do that in any situation, just like telling the person the thing that you would like, like I really enjoy when you do this or I really enjoy the side of you, blah, blah, blah. So it's like a positive thing that they don't have to feel guilty for. Yeah, yeah. And if you sort of turn it around, like this is how I feel, this is what I experience rather than like attacking and being like you did this to me and you made me feel that way yeah for sure (laughs) um and the last thing to talk about was how to nurture and recreate yourself to live in alignment like what's living in alignment to you (laughs) yeah I get I mean I guess we've already sort of touched a little bit on this but it's you know being honest with yourself in your life about what you're doing and what you want to do and finding things that you know, finding what does bring you joy, you know, every day. And it's taken me a long time to find that, you know, I thought, you know, going into social work, particularly, it was going to be this super rewarding career, you know, I'd be helping so many people. And, it, you know, it was like that for a little bit. But a lot of the time, you know, it was taking on very heavy, heavy emotions from people and taking on a lot of their trauma and having to deal with that. And so it wasn't until I was able to leave that and sort of, yeah, like we've been talking about, pursue things that I was passionate about that, that really set my soul on fire, I guess. And I was really like, yes, like this is the thing that I want to be doing. Like I still want to be helping people. That's why I chose social work, but it wasn't in the way that I was doing it when I was in my job. So I think, yeah, really being honest with yourself, you know, if you're not happy and you feel like, oh, you know, I've just got to get up again this morning and go to my shitty job and, you know, oh, it sucks and my life sucks. Like you've got to, you've got to change and be willing to take some risks, you know, because if nothing changes, nothing changes. You know, if you're not happy and you keep doing the exact same thing day in, day out, like what do you expect is going to change? You know, you're not suddenly going to turn into the person that is in your head that you want to be in, you know, five, ten years' time if you don't, you know, take action, make a plan, set some goals and actually start working on some of that stuff. So I guess for me that is what living in alignment is. It's being true to myself and, yeah, just, just saying, okay, well, I've got this vision in my head of what I want my life to be like, who I want to be, how do I start embodying that and taking action? What are the steps that I actually need to take? And I've started taking some of those steps now and it feels really good. <laughs> yeah. For me, there's like a couple of things, definitely with your career, literally just something that you look forward to, even if it is a job, like I've definitely had jobs where I like, I can't wait to start work. And I'm like excited to wake up on a work day. Cause I'm like, yeah, I can't wait to go in and chat to my colleagues and I love my manager. And I found it like really meaningful and stuff, but yeah, with my business during the time I've been in Australia, it's been very hard at times. I had some very dark times when just nothing was going right for ages. And it was really, really pushing me. And I'll get like 
quite I've never had depression but I got quite depressed and had to call the phone counselors and stuff but the one thing that got me through was literally just my business because I was like if I can become more successful and then help more women that's something deep and meaningful to me that keeps me going so that's living in alignment and also I always talk about eating in alignment with your values and stuff like how you view your body versus how you feed it kind of thing. Like if you think that you're beautiful goddess kind of thing, are you eating to reflect that and like eating for nourishment and stuff or eating because you hate it? And then I had like a a different coaching call just before this um, podcast. And then I said to the guy who was helping me, I said like some of the days when I've been coming back so exhausted and I'm experiencing mental, um, that mental exhaustion thing at the moment. And it's like all a bit much. And it's not like I'm eating bad. I'm eating like more chocolate than usual, but I'll just have fast dinners. <laughs> like I'm putting mm. Those vegan chicken um, fillets in the toaster because I couldn't be bothered getting a pan and like ate it in bed. So it's not like unhealthy because it's still like a source of protein but it's not like a balanced meal with heaps of veggies and carbs and everything in it so it's still like not bad but that's not eating in alignment with my values because mm-hmm. I was too tired to do anything so he was saying to me you really need to like in these times focus on that recipe club that you're doing because that's inspiring me to cook food that other people will enjoy making but also like putting good food in my own fridge and pantry because that's what I'm passionate about and stuff. So even I, like, I wouldn't say I'm off the bandwagon, but I'm just finding like super quick fixes at the moment because I'm in a very busy period kind of thing. But just thinking about how, yeah, how you look after yourself and how what you eat uh, reflects and like how you view yourself or how you'd like to view yourself if you don't feel like you're there mentally yet as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, yeah, that's really important what you said about yeah living in alignment with your values um I think it's really important to know firstly what your values are and then if they're not you know if you're not living through those and 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 seeing those in your day-to-day life that's not living in alignment with your true self and I think yeah I think it can be I mean there's activities and stuff that you can do I always used to do an activity with clients where you have um, a whole heap of values cards so it's literally just little cards each one has a value you know freedom family safety um, wealth all that sort of thing and you sort of go through these cards each one individually and say yep this is important to me this isn't important to me and you sort of nut it down to your top five of what's really important to you in your life and then sort of figure out from there if you're actually yeah like living those you know if, if one of your top ones is freedom and you're feeling absolutely trapped by mm. your job or your partner or you know where you're living then maybe you need to look at that one and, and, and start sort of make a plan to have more freedom in your life mm. yeah I totally agree yeah. <laughs> cool so that's everything you didn't want to add on anything else did you no I think we've covered everything yeah okay cool so I'll put Steph's social links in the description of the video and podcast but thank you for listening everyone and stay tuned for next week (laughs) thanks Cassie bye